0: Coming to you from high atop our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 50. In today's show, Rod Louie and Keith Moreau reintroduce Tech Move to the world after the COVID 19 pandemic. Plus, we talk about NAB 2022 that's happening in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Rod Louie, and with me is Keith Moreau. Get ready. It's time for another exciting episode of Tech Move. Let's go! Welcome to this latest edition of Tech Move with Rod Louie and Keith Moreau. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not heard from us in a little while, you are absolutely <laughs> correct. Uh, this is now essentially a new century right now that uh, Keith and I are recording. Uh, it's taken us, wouldn't you say, about uh, two years to get to this particular recording, <laughs> Keith? Wouldn't you it's say that? A, it's been a couple of years. We last... We lost our order. It's, it's, it's yeah. almost yeah. You know, it's it reminds me of how we started the podcast in the first place. <laughs> you, you know, I because didn't it didn't it take us like the better part of a year to get this thing off the ground or something? We did a lot
1: of research and yeah, it took a while. It took a while.
0: And uh, it's fantastic because you know uh, every twelve-year-old uh, kid is uh, out there doing a podcast <laughs> and got it out in about a you know day and a half or and, something. And they like have that,
1: a, so. like a million subscribers. And, they have
0: so many more followers yeah, than you and I and do. But they're rich. But,
1: uh, yeah. and they're, rich. They have, they're like driving around in their
0: <laughs> Lamborghinis right. and that's right.
1: Buying houses in
0: Vegas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Ah, and and I'm hanging on to my 2009 iMac. That's what that's what I'm doing. Speaking so, of that though. Ah, yes. So <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, before we uh kick off the show, we just want to thank you very much for tuning in and uh listening to this latest episode of Tech Move. It has been a long time. And uh from all of us uh at Tech Move, we want to wish each and every one of you good health. Uh we are hoping that uh, you're all staying safe. You are all free from uh, the dangerous coronavirus and all of its uh, variants and stuff like that. And we hope that everyone is well out there. I know Keith and I, in many ways, have been uh, not recording because of the uh, uh, of the coronavirus, uh, because even talking through the microphones, <laughs> we thought we might give it to one another. And we're, uh, we're ultra paranoid. Ultra paranoid and well informed to think that it would be transferred through microphone cables. So, uh, well, I mean, we know that Bill Gates pretty much created the virus, so he could do anything. That's right.
1: That's right. And I, I'm a. I'm a uh Microsoft Office 365 subscriber so I
0: I I you never I, know you know and, and <laughs> I have uh we'll talk about that on another segment okay because uh anyway look Keith it's great to talk to you I I've I've missed talking to you it it, it has been a minute and uh yes. you know folks before we started recording here Keith and i had been talking for the better part of an hour already just to catch up and to you know, uh, talk about just general things outside the podcast, but we're so excited to be with you, uh, because we just thought that, you know, why not? We, there's so much to talk about. So many things have changed over the last couple of years since we were last in your living rooms, your car, your workout, uh, that we thought it'd be nice if we (laughs) just kind of caught up and, um, Keith, this is a very exciting time and I'll tell you why, I as I mentioned to you moments ago, my 2009 iMac um so the left I'm sorry, the right side of my screen is starting to dim darker than the left side of it. And so through various fixes yeah. and stuff like that, I don't know if it's 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 even worth fixing. It's it's so old it, it, it's it's seen its better days, okay? Well, and because I've been holding out for that new iMac, right? I've been holding out for new technology, whatever it is, you know, uh, the iMacs have been uh, rumored to be coming out and all this kind of thing. And to my dismay yet surprise, Apple launched uh, the new... Mac studio system. So exciting. Uh, You know, whether or not you decided to go with the M one max chip or the M one ultra chip, uh, those two things paired with the new Mac studio display, 27 inch display is pretty much uh, saying that the general iMac is no longer going to be offered uh, it's it's off of Apple's website you can't buy them anymore you, you uh, I think a, I did go into an Apple store they did have uh, an Intel iMac there uh, to be sold but they're not you know they're not advertising it right so the new m one Mac Studios are the new replacements for a big screen desktop computer and I gotta tell you Keith I couldn't be more excited. I have pulled the trigger, and I am going to be the owner of a M1 Max Max Studio. Thank you very much. Wow. This is a most It's an exciting day. It's an exciting day. It is exciting. Yes. And even more so than that is what Keith Moreau decided to do. <laughs> Which of yeah. course is to do just that much more. Keith, why don't you go ahead and and share with our beautiful listening audience about what you made a purchase on?
1: So I looked at, um, you know, of course I saw the announcement in early March, and uh, I thought I, I got very very excited about it because they were showing all these benchmarks and and um, the M1 Max looked really good. The one that you're getting. Um, but uh i decided to go big on 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 the uh mac studio and get the ultra version oh fantastic yeah so um and uh i already ordered it um but there's by the time i even wanted to i think when i first went to the apple store like the first couple hours um the 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 wait time was like oh it's going to be available oh like march 20th <laughs> That's pretty cool when I was ordering it, and the, but I didn't push the button to actually spend all the money right then. I kind of waited because I wanted to really get some feedback on w- really what I should order and not be too impulsive because right. n- nobody knew anything other than what Apple was telling us. So um I wanted a little feedback from other reviewers and other people giving their thoughts and even some pre-order reviews or just comparisons or talks about, mostly they were just talking about what Apple said <laughs> and then analyzing it. Um, but, um, just based on some research of, um, the M1 Max chip and then how useful it might be, et cetera, I decided to, about a week later, um, order the Ultra with a lot of RAM. Um, it comes with 64 uh, gigabytes, which is amazing, but, um, probably more than I would need. And right now I have 64 on my iMac and that's pretty souped up, but, um, my IMAC Pro, but um I decided to order one twenty eight. Um probably not the, the wisest decision. Um but I figured well there, in the future there might be apps and applications that actually utilize that one twenty eight uh gig memory, so why not just go for it? Um and then I did I decided not to get the GPU um maxed out. So I think it's a forty eight. I core think they GPU. are forty eight core GPUs, the, yeah. Uh, that yeah. Yeah, there's 48 and 64, and then everything that I'd heard up to that point that it ordered was that the G, even the GPUs on the regular Macs aren't e- even used that, right. to the fullest extent. Yep. Like the one you're getting. So I said, well, why would I be getting even more of those if they're not even being used? If the, so, I'm just going to go for the the base model of the 48 core yep. uh, GPU, um, and then and then also. Um, I just have an obsession with super fast hard drives. So apparently the um the four terabyte version has a a kind of fast RAID version of the drives. It's very unsafe. It'll probably just crash and burn the first day I have it. But um very fast. Something like seven hard to believe, but seven. I think it's a also
0: not like only that. in the four terabyte version, um, but also the eight terabyte, but you had to go minimum four oh, in yeah. order to experience that kind of speed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I guess the reason for it is there's two slots, there's two RAM or whatever SSD type slots in there. They're not traditional SSDs that they're using. Apparently, they're they some type of very base, non nothing with electronics on it, no controllers or anything on it, just just memory. Right. I'm not, not quite not quite sure how it, how it actually technology there works. I uh, don't know if anybody really knows what they are, but um, yeah. So I guess they're I guess and up to the 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 one and the two is just one chip. And then the the four and beyond uses both chip both uh, slots, right? And that's how they can raid them together, I guess. So um, decided to go with that. Just and and I think a lot of it's because I do a lot of um, when I do my video editing, I do a lot of previews, and I store the previews on my fastest drive because that's going to make everything go faster. Um, And just um, it also if you're doing any kind of RAM swapping, that would go to your drive. And the faster your drive is, the faster your, essentially your virtual RAM is. When you when you finally run out of whatever that 128 gigabytes you have to, it goes to the disk. And if that, the faster that is, the faster your experience is. This model might be for naught because it might be so fast that you can't even perceive it, and right. I, may, I might have wasted a lot of money. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. just decided to go for that. Maybe I was too excited.
0: I <laughs> I think what's exciting about your machine too in the Ultra is that the two front uh ports that are going to be on your Mac Studio Ultra is that there is an additional two Thunderbolt 4 ports. Yeah, uh, that, which is which is very exciting.
1: Yeah, that's it's nice to have as many Thunderbolt ports as you can get. Yeah. So, um and this is kind of uh I think unprecedented to have this many ports. Uh and the thing that's kind of interesting is that I'm not I'm actually not sure on all the different Intel Macs that are out there and how many con- uh, like the newest models but I know with my iMac Pro which is I think from 2017 it has two controllers two thunderbolt controllers and it has four actual ports that you can plug us into and 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 so two of those ports are actually sharing one controller so you're really only getting half the speed Potentially, if you have everything... Uh, because it's in. sharing? Yes. Is
0: it, is it sharing, essentially? Yeah, and
1: I think all the Intel Macs up to this point have been that, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not the Mac Pro, but I think all the others. One of the great things is that the Thunderbolt, um, there's actually six separate controllers in the in the uh, Ultra. The Actually, I think there's eight controllers because everything's double. So I think the M1 Max has four controllers in it, and I think the M1 Ultra... Has eight controllers, but there's only six ports. So I don't know what they're doing with those extra two controllers. They're just sitting there idle. Like, right. I'd love to spit something out, but I there's no there's no ports. Right. <laughs> just sitting in there all lonely. Right. Underutilized. But uh, <laughs> but but still having those six and the, so that's six uh, Thunderbolt three. Oh, this is a whole another whole thing. It's very con- Thunderbolt three versus four is very confusing.
0: Oh, I know oh, yeah. I, and, I, and I've been doing so much reading about it, yeah, and I still don't know what they're talking about.
1: So I think I actually understand it now that I've spent like twelve hours researching it and asking yes. questions and stuff of of other tech companies. yes, so I so Thunderbolt three goes up to forty gig, gigabits per second speed correct and but it doesn't have to go to right. Yes. Right,
0: right. Whereas, like Thunderbolt four, and I'm sorry for jumping the gun, yeah. but I think Thunderbolt four almost guarantees that it's 40. It's required. It's required, right? Yeah. So, like, you can't so, yeah. you
1: can't call something Thunderbolt four and not go up to 40.
0: Right. Whereas so. three, eh, you're lucky if we if we get it to 40, but it yeah. should. But you're lucky if it does.
1: Yeah, you're you're and you had to have something that was like marked and labeled and certified for forty, and then you're just trusting the manufacturer. So, for example, I have. So one of the things I've been doing is doing a lot of plugging and unplugging of Thunderbolt stuff, and uh, because I've actually, well, maybe I'll just back up. I got a I got a really inexpensive Mac Mini M1 M1 Mac Mini. Fantastic. Yeah, and this was the lowest. This is basically the cheapest Mac you can buy, like ever in history
0: and the first thing that was introduced using the uh the new M1 silicon uh uh processor
1: was it the, actually the first i didn't i think I didn't it was know. pretty
0: much the first one yeah. i mean it, you yeah. know was that in the MacBook Air yeah that had the M1 i mean it's really just the M1 chip that's all it is on in that Mac mini you got
1: yeah i think actually it i think spec wise it might be slightly better than the air because i think the airs had one core disabled so they're like 7 core
0: oh okay yeah I think. you are right because yeah. it, and that was an option that you could get 8 cores off of it you're right about that
1: yeah yeah yep. something like that yeah yep. so um but anyway uh so nowadays well that that thing's a year and a half old now so there's there's used models there's refurb so i actually got a refurb off amazon for like 550 bucks
0: terrific price sure
1: so i decided you know, I kind of I'm going to be delving into this Mac Studio thing and I need to really have a system to to test all my software and to test the connections and whether or not it's even worth it for me to to actually get this uh Mac Studio. Because what if I get this Mac Studio and then since I have to upgrade to Monterey and since it's a new architecture and a new type of processor, all the stuff that I use, including hardware and software just doesn't work very well. Right you know, it's disabled or whatever. I'm I was particularly concerned about um I have this uh Thunderbolt to SAS um card. It's an ADO card. And it so it converts Thunderbolt to all this uh SATA protocol, which is what all these old hard drives use. Um pretty much what all hard drives use when you when you actually plug the raw hard drive into your computer right. is using something called a SATA connection. And you can get something called eSATA, which is just an external connection to other things. And so I've been using these eSATA drives and and uh, enclosures and SAS enclosures and stuff for years. So they're super fast. They work really well, but it's kind of older technology. And so I was wondering, is the M1 going to work through this special uh, OWC box that I have that, that you, you can put a PCI card into it? And that PCI card converts Thunderbolt to... Um, SAS and, and um, eSATA. So that was a big concern. Other things like that. So I've been testing this this M one mini for like a month since I got it. And since the Mac Studios are all on back order <laughs> if for some reason it just won't work, you know like that would be tragic. <laughs> yes. But I would at least be able to cancel my order since they're not gonna come anytime soon. <laughs> right. Right. right so anyway, and so it's been really fun actually playing with the m one uh, mac mini it's like a, just a little spice of what i'm gonna be getting eventually with a studio and I'm just really amazed at how fast it is it just puts my stupid seven thousand dollar imac pro to shame it just it's it's like five times as fast as it it's it's crazy
0: that's what i've been seeing and and you know and I also uh am very excited for for my mac studio and and again with the uh M1 Max chip I got the the 10 core CPU with the 24 core GPU and um 32 gigs of of RAM and I upgraded to a terabyte of, of storage uh and I get like the two USB C ports up front uh, yes. uh instead of the Thunderbolt like you'll get yes but with that I mean I'm just telling you it it's going to be I won't even know what to do with myself. (laughs) It's just going to be like such a different system altogether than what I'm used to and what I've been working with for like the last million years that this is just going to, I I, I couldn't be more excited. And even for those of you who are getting the ultra, I think your, your minds will be completely blown at what's going to, what's going to happen here. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that,
1: uh, everything that I do video editing wise, which unfortunately still centers around Premiere Pro. Yes. Just because I'm, it, it's like the buggiest software that I've ever used in my life. And it's, you have to just save constantly because you never know when it's going to crash your system. Um, and also, it bogs down very quickly for whatever reason. Um, you have to do all these things to optimize your computer, to optimize the sequences and stuff, just to get a, a bunch of streams of, of video going through it at once. You know, just typical editing. It's like it start it, like it starts out really quick and nice and and snappy, and then it just as your project gets bigger and it getting you're getting closer to the deadline, it gets slower and slower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So until it gets to the point where I'm not sure i it's just going to finish this. It's just so slow. Like I click on something and nothing happens. What's going on? Tell me what's going on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you, you know what I uh, what I want to find out? I'm not familiar with this part of video editing because again, I've been using such an old system. I really haven't had to do a lot of the things that you have to do, but I think there there's the term proxies, creating proxies. Yes, now it, it, is that just taking footage you've taken out of the camera? And you're converting it into something that Premiere can read or or edit or something like that. Is, is that what proxies are? Yeah, it, it 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 turns. And
1: actually, this is something that Final Cut Pro 10 does like all the time. Just it does it automatically. Like you don't even know it's doing it. You could turn it off if you want, but just when you buy it and you install it, it, it automatically creates proxies. And basically, it's taking the footage, which could be very difficult to um, for the computer to deal with real time, and it converts it into a form that's easier for the computer to deal with. It. Either lower quality, lower res, and usually it's ProRes or some easily edit, more easily read um, codec. So the computer doesn't have to put as much work into turning it to something visual on the screen.
0: But so, but but, and true or untrue that the new uh M ones. You don't really have to do proxies anymore.
1: Maybe true. I'm hoping that it is because creating proxies is really time consuming. Yes. Um, And I actually, uh, so I just worked on this huge project that required 10 years of footage and, and like 100 and multiple layers is multicam. So I had multiple cameras going at once and, and having to choose angles and all that. And, when I got went in, I just said, you know what, unless I produce proxies of everything, like every megabyte of footage, <laughs> um, I'm never going to get through this on, in time. It's, it's fairly automatic when you do it. Like, you, you choose the <laughs> files that you want to create a proxy, and with Premiere, it's pretty easy. You, you choose the files. You could even just choose a whole folder with a bunch of oh files on it. Gosh. You could just click on the folder inside of Premiere, and you could just do a right-click, and you could say, make proxy and then and then you and then there's another dialogue that comes about out and and you can choose what what the proxy is going to be like the smaller it is the easier it is but then when you're actually mm, editing it okay. might be too too grainy or too low res to work with so you have to decide how, how how fast you want it to be depending on your computer's uh speed and then you also have to decide where you want to put the proxy do you want to put it next to your footage and kind of like pollute your original directories that has the original footage in which is not a good idea in my opinion. So you, you need to ha- create a separate directory for proxies and then you have to decide if you want to name those those directories with the similar names as the original folders that the that the, the footage was in. So and then it just turns away in, in the case of Premiere it will uh use it'll launch Adobe Media Encoder and then send that job the encoder and that it will continue to encode until it's done. And then when it's done, there's a little communication between the two, and then the little proxy uh, metadata will be updated. So like 24p or the metadata, whatever it is, duration, et cetera. So one of those many, many th- things of metadata can be proxy. Is, is it is it a proxy file or not? Or has it been proxied successfully? So what I do before I do all these proxies is I, I, I go into the uh, right-click on the... Right. The correct the header that has all the different metadata in it in the in the Premiere Pro project browser. Right click on it, and then you get a bunch of bunch of potential metadata, and one of those creates <laughs> creates the proxy indicator at the very 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 end of all the metadata list. You have to drag it to the beginning of that metadata list. Kind of imagine like you're in the Finder and you're dragging around like the date created and stuff like that to put in a different spot in the Finder. You know if you, anyway you. I would drag it all the way to the front so that I would know if I was working with a proxy or not. And if the proxy was actually there, like if it's successfully been created.
0: The, the, you, you know, what's going to be great is that the next time we record, when we finally have our Mac studios in hand, I I'm going to be very curious to hear if, you know, the first time you edit of any of this is going to be applicable anymore. You know, because uh, uh, from what I understand, you don't have – and especially for an ultra, I don't think you have to create proxies anymore. I think you just work straight off the – That would just be a dream true if that was the case. And if that was, would that not be the most amazing thing ever?
1: Well, it would kind of be whatever – the holy grail, What what I've personally been <laughs> – right. I mean, that's the reason that I've right. been spending all this money on – hard drives and faster computers and accelerators and RAM and (laughs) all this crap. And I still hadn't gotten there, you know, it's, it's still frustrating and slow. And then as, (laughs) and then as, you know, cameras get, get uh, higher resolution and have more difficult codecs, it's just, yeah, maybe if you're working with standard definition, you know, footage from a VHS thing, you can have like 10 streams of that (laughs) in your, Premiere Pro fine right. but you can't have right. ten streams of it 8- 8k. So I don't know. Right. You know, maybe we're just going to have these studios and we're going to have all 8k footage running and we're only going to be able to have two streams at once or something, you know.
0: <laughs> right. Live right. without doing right. like lower res right.
1: displays and stuff. So right. I don't know, it'd be really really amazing to just look at that level from the tests i've seen because obviously i've been kind of obsessed with it so i've gone on youtube oh, yeah. just like you right i've gone on youtube and oh, just watch yeah. all the videos where they test it out and there's not too many people that actually have these now to test them but there's a few and uh looking at what some of the feedback is on premiere pro and i've seen some limitations like i've seen yeah. people saying okay well i'm now i'm going to put like two ak with this effect and this effect and this processing and Oh, it's starting to—it's starting to kind of like lag. Oh, it's starting to. N- yes. So. Yes. Yeah. So yes, there is a limit. Exactly. It's not like the ultimate. Right. It's going to just do everything.
0: So. You, you, you know, you're absolutely right, and you know, and then depending, like you said, effects. What kind of you know what what you're trying to do? You know, or is there going to be noise reduction or anything like that? You know, what is what is it? But I mean, just uh. uh it's just going to be amazing just to find out for ourselves. It's going to be amazing. It, and
1: it's certainly going to be like so much faster. Yeah. Regardless of the limitations, it's still going to have a lot fewer
0: limitations than I currently have. You know, uh, and and it's funny because, you know, you and I are talking here right now and you and I both have some very big decisions ahead of us when it comes to video editing. And I think they both center around to some degree uh, yours a lot harder than my decision, but is it time to change platforms? Meaning is it time to, to abandon Premiere Pro and maybe look at Final Cut Pro where we know that it's optimized for the M1. We know that it works great, you know, with with Apple Silicon. Uh, you know do we do we look at davinci resolve as a as an editor with all the different fantastic post production effects that it can do uh you know what's it, 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 you mentioned the, the the workflow of it you know you're really good at working premiere pro right now you know you can pretty much do it with your eyes closed but if final cut works a little bit better with these streams and all this kind of stuff. Is this something you'd think about?
1: Yes. Yeah. I think I think if I get this really expensive new computer that's pretty much the best you can get right now and it's and I still have issues with Premiere Pro, then I'm just going to chuck it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to chuck it and never use it again and burn every copy I have and then I'll be forced to learn learn Final Cut uh X or or DaVinci, yeah. which I use occasionally. Um, I actually use DaVinci way more than I use Final Cut X. Every time I try to use Final Cut X, I get bogged down and just trying to do simple things.
0: But that's going to and- be interesting, right? For you to try those simple things and see what it does now. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be yeah. that's going to be very interesting because everything that you remembered before of Final Cut, I'm sure everyone had those same complaints. But now with uh, you know the Ultra and and me the max oh my gosh it could be it, you you might not even know what you were mad about probably not probably if i actually just sat down and spent you know a a couple of
1: weeks on learning final cut x really seriously and didn't have any deadlines then i could probably um get used to it
0: but we'll see
1: Guess we'll see. You know what? F- Give you an update. For, for for
0: for one, I am terribly excited. This is and and you know what, Keith? I don't know. I'm I'm staring at my receipt right now. This is so dopey. Uh, my uh Max Studio with M1 Max is slated to arrive the week of April nineteenth.
1: Oh, that's way earlier than me. Oh, is that
0: right? Okay. Yeah. So the yeah. Ultras I know are a little bit more delayed, but but okay. but mine is uh April ni- the week of April 19th. However, my studio display is slated to arrive a week earlier. Oh. So that's going to be great when I can turn on my display and play absolutely nothing. <laughs> onto it you know it's, and you can't even plug
1: anything into it well
0: i mean i could probably take my macbook pro my old 2015 macbook pro and plug oh, it yes. into it but you could, yeah you could do that nobody's gonna care nobody's <laughs> gonna care on that one especially me i'll probably go oh you know that's great you know because i i, I wanted them to kind of come together you know what uh-huh. i mean I wanted them to yeah. come together you know do my own unboxing video you know maybe i might be clothed maybe i won't be it depends you know how i'm feeling that day <laughs> uh, you know and and uh, because i want them all there but now they're going to send the display a week before the 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 actual computer so well maybe you get lucky and they'll just lose it <laughs> <laughs> Hey, maybe if I'm really lucky, it'll come damaged and then and then it'll, and then it'll, it'll take that time to, to to send back and forth. All right. Well, look, um, we have still so much to go through so much. Uh, for, forget the computers, even though we can't. That's at the uh, forefront of our minds. But we have a lot of camera stuff that we want yes. to talk about. A lot of things have changed. Yes. A lot of things have been released. Holy mackerel. I mean, we we don't have enough show to go through all this. So yeah. let's do this, Keith. Let's take a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Let's reset the hard drives because I know <laughs> mine's about to explode right now uh, because it hasn't done a recording this long in two years. So um, the hamsters on the exercise wheel are getting fiercely tired sweating uh we will reset and we will come back with more excitement what do you think about that keith it's great to talk to you i really I i really miss talking to you and this is going to be a great time so everyone stick around we got more nonsense here on tech move Welcome back to Tech Move. It's been so, what seems to be so many years since I've said that. Welcome back to Tech Move. I mean, my gracious, it's been forever, Keith. You know, okay, I just have to say that Tech Move is the longest running Mac
1: and <laughs> Cinema Gear podcast. Still out. All the rest of them have just fallen by the wayside, They've gone out of business. They're doing some other industry now. One guy's
0: in concrete. <laughs> So just we're still here. You know what's great, Keith? Uh, you, you, you know this is what I really love about uh, the Tech Move podcast is that you know we've outlasted a lot of our compatriots out there who have gone on to bigger and better things uh, in life. But you and me are still we're still plugging along on on this uh, cute little podcast we have. And uh, you know what? And, and it, we we go uh unabashed and unashamed about it all really it's uh <laughs> it's really a treat it's really a treat so uh it's great to have everyone back and great to hear you again keith let, let you know i i think in my excitement of uh looking over my sales slip from the apple store about awaiting <laughs> my mac studio uh we ended our last segment without really completing uh, our discussion fully about Thunderbolt three and four and the differences between them, because also, you know, with buying the Mac studio now, I'm totally thinking about how to utilize all these different ports that are going to be available to me now. Right. I mean, like, you know, we have some stuff, you know, we, 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 you know, we've got a couple Samsung drives here and there and stuff, but these, this is a whole new era with, with the transfer rates that are going to be available to us in the Mac studio. Let's finish up with, with, with some of this information here for Thunderbolt three and four. And um, because it's really fascinating because Bottom line to me, it doesn't sound like very much is different between 3 and 4 outside of being able to uh, classify yourself as fully Thunderbolt 4 compliant or, if you will, or rated, whatever you want to call it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, I think think everybody was kind of confused about Thunderbolt 3 anyway when it came out because there were different speeds depending on the cables you had. Right. So, yeah. So Thunderbolt three, which the computer that I have is Thunderbolt three. It's been out for several years, like maybe four or five years. Um, previous to that, it was Thunderbolt two, a different kind of connector. So with Thunderbolt three, there was the USB C type connector. So they look they pretty much they look identical. You could plug a USB C connector into a Thunderbolt port, and you're not sure if it's Thunderbolt or USB C. But usually, the cables have a little Thunderbolt symbol on them if they actually are Thunderbolt. Um, so, but but um, so if if you wanted to, and I and I believe that the any Thunderbolt three port can also be a USB C C port, so you can send slower USB stuff through it. Like you could plug plug a USB drive into it, for example. So th- so they work. are
0: both compatible ports. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on whether or not you're using USB C or Thunderbolt three.
1: Yeah, if your device, if your cable and your device is either. USB C, USB like 3.1 or whatever, and and or Thunderbolt 3. <clears throat> so it's it's all kind of confusing though because the ports look the same, and you, and if you some of the cables, uh, like you could have a like a an 18 inch cable, like a foot and a half cable, not too long, like that's fairly short. Most of the up uh, most of the peripherals and things we buy that are Thunderbolt will have that cable in it because it's a pretty inexpensive cable to, for them to include. Um, sometimes they're even shorter, you know, like six inches or eight inches. And then and then and then if you want to get a longer cable then you have to pay more. But here's the thing about Thunderbolt 3. And this is the thing that kind of confused me. Because like uh there's there's several cable manufacturers that make Thunderbolt cables that are really well known. Like this is one company called OWC. They were actually a sponsor of ours way back in the beginning in the in the ancient times. Yep. And and um but they're still a really great company. They have, they've they've actually gotten bigger and 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 still do all the same stuff they used to do just you know more updated. Anyway, they sell a bunch of cables amongst all the other thunderbolt stuff. And now their cables say thunderbolt 4 on them. But and they used to just say thunderbolt 3 on them, right? So I have a bunch of thunderbolt 3 cables and I just got a couple thunderbolt 4 cables from them. <laughs> oh my, which are not they, cheap.
0: They're not cheap cables. No.
1: They're like 30 to 50 bucks depending on the the length. Yep. I think the cheapest ones are like Twenty or something yep. for the really short ones, and I and, I, th-
0: and <clears throat> I think those are only like three feet long.
1: Yeah, the the really short ones are like the kind of the, the 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 least expensive ones are about 18 inches long. So here's the thing with Thunderbolt three, the the cables if you got a cable that was over about eighteen inches long, I think point seven of a meter, if it was over that, it would not go to the forty gigabits per second speed. It just it, it, the, the signal could, it, they couldn't guarantee that the signal would be that uh, strong in that cable for for over a certain length. So, if you got a longer Thunderbolt 3 cable and you were trying to get 40 gigabits per second out of it, in like a three foot cable or a one meter cable, it might not go to 40 gigabits, gigabits per second. It might be half that, 20 gigabits per second. So, that was kind of a big deal. And so then you would have to get um, a cable that had uh, electronics in it called an active cable. So the shorter cables, the 18-inch cables, were passive. They're basically just metal and and wires with some rubber over it. There's no electronics in them, just like a typical cable. But then once you got beyond the 18 inches and you got to the 1-meter cables or the 2-meter cables, then you actually had to have a little bit of electronics in, in the plugs the plug part of it. And you probably noticed, I don't know if you have any of these cables, but but if you get the longer uh, Thunderbolt 3 cables, the the plug part of it, the housing yes. that's right right on the metal part, yep. is actually longer. It's like half an inch longer. And I think that's to house all the electronics that are needed to, do, to basically send a, kind of like a repeater, oh, okay. condition the signal, right. and it makes the electrical signal stronger. Interesting, Yeah. And so, and there's, because there's power in this, Thunderbolt supplies power, like 15 watts of power, potentially, just no matter what. So um, it has it's minimal amount of power of 15 watts, which is, you know, quite a bit of power for just a teeny little bit of electronics. So, yeah, so they would just send the power. There'd be a little electronic thing that would amplify the signal a bit so that it would actually travel that length beyond the 18 inches. So if you wanted the fastest cable and not, not have any, like if you had a long daisy chain and, for example, in my system... I have my, right now, I have my iMac Pro. I don't have the studio yet. Hopefully, some decade, I'll get it. <laughs> <Right>. But, <laughs> but um, for right now, I'm, and I do have my, my, my uh, little Mac Mini M1, too. So yep. I've got two. And so, but right now, I have, I have this long chain of Thunderbolt drives. I actually have six Thunderbolt drives connected, well, five connected to my, to my uh, iMac Pro in a daisy chain. So, so first, I I take my Thunderbolt 3 cable and I have a long one, so it's one of the active cables. It's like a six-footer, and I have that active cable going to one of my ports on my iMac, and that's going into this box that actually houses a PCI card. And and then from out of that, and then and then all these uh, Thunderbolt devices, well, almost all of them have a daisy chainable capability, so you can plug your port into one uh, one port, and then you can plug the output of that device into the next device the next drive usually. And so you can daisy chain them. So, but you but you have to be careful about how you daisy chain them because if you use for example a passive a long passive cable, you might not be getting the the speed for the rest of the chain. Like if you have a super fast drive that's like af- on a cable that's that's passive and is still long, you actually might be de- decreasing the amount of power uh, amount of speed in your whole uh, Thunderbolt chain,
0: so it's only as fast as your fastest uh, yes. connection type
1: at that point when you're daisy chaining, because yep. it it has to right. go keep continuing to jump from one drive to the up, to the next, and so the throughput can actually get lowered. So so that's and actually I think I had a situation where I was like that. I was like I had a I had a very fast drive, but it was at the very end of my chain, and I was kind of wondering why it wasn't fast as fast as it could be, and it was just because I had this long cable, but it was actually a passive uh longer thunderbolt cable ah. so when i put yeah when i put the active uh, cable in it or if i shorten the cable to use the 18 inch cable then the drive got a bit faster oh okay yeah so it was just kind of a bottleneck at that point so that's thunderbolt 3 and thunderbolt 3 had this kind of weird standard like yeah it could be 40 up to 40 but didn't have to be 40
0: mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm
1: and depending on the cable and then you had all these different manufacturers cables that wouldn't label the the speed on it so so it's kind of like a crapshoot yeah of what you were getting you had to be kind of like a thunderbolt expert to even know how to plug these things in even though it's very simple yeah um so now uh intel intel is the i guess the standard bearer and the manufacturer of thunderbolt they they basically license the technology Mm. so so even in the new M1 Max, there's, there's some Intel licensing going on inside.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. So they're still getting their piece of the pie, huh?
1: Yeah, they are. So um, so Thunderbolt 3, uh, on pretty much all the same features that are in Thunderbolt 3 are identical in Thunderbolt 4. But Thunderbolt 4 is just saying, if you're going to call yourself Thunderbolt 4, Thunderbolt 4 you, have to, you have to go 40 gigabits per second. You can't go lower than that. So right. anything that you say is Thunderbolt 4 compliant, it has to be that fast.
0: It pr- pretty much so. ha- has to be assured of being able to hit those marks. Right, right. So
1: if you have a Thunderbolt 4 cable, it doesn't now it doesn't seem to matter if it's active or passive. If it's got Thunderbolt 4 on mm-hmm. it, it's going to get to that 40 gigabits a second. And this was the dis- discussion I was actually having with the ODBC support person who, to be honest with you, was very nice, but I don't think he got it. Like... Because previously in Thunderbolt 3, there was this rule about passive cables not being able to go longer than a certain size, right? And 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 now it doesn't seem to be the same. It seems like as long as it says Thunderbolt 4 on it, it's going to go that fast. Because I ordered a cable from them, I ordered a three foot cable and a six foot cable from them, and and the six foot cable obviously had the the active part on it because it had the longer. Uh, the longer shank yes. on the housing, yes. um, and the and the three meter one, which is still above what 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 would be the the limit for the passive cable, the three foot one had the shorter shank, so I don't think it had any active electronics in it. I didn't like you know rip it open with an exacto knife <laughs> to see, but <laughs> right. But I assume, mm-hmm. you know, especially after it, when, spending like sixty dollars on a cord, <laughs> yes.
0: essentially, yes. <laughs> Just destroy it. Right. To, <laughs> let me curiosity. let me look in here. <laughs> let me see if the light really comes on on that end. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
1: But I guess they test them, and and I guess now if it's even if it's a passive cable, as long as it passes the certification, then it's okay. So, um, and then also Thunder Thunderbolt three is now free. Uh, so if you want to call something Thunderbolt three. Intel doesn't charge you for the license. Oh, only for okay. Thunderbolt four. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there might be some cheaper devices like out there that now you, now you'll probably see a proliferation of those. that are Thunderbolt three, and and they'll be Thunderbolt, but they'll be using
0: the Thunderbolt technology for free. Right, and, and, but no guarantee that's going to hit speeds for Thunderbolt three either. Uh, yeah, could be between twenty and forty right.
1: gigabits. Right. Yeah, and then there's. There's a couple other little um, details. Like on Thunderbolt 3, you're guaranteed up to one 4K display. So you can actually plug a display into Thunderbolt. Um, you may have done this, or I've done it a few times. Mm. In fact, I have, a, I have a cable that's plugged into my Thunderbolt port in the back of my iMac, and it actually splits out to two HDMI ports.
0: So, and is that successful? You, Does that work well? Yeah, it works great. Oh, that's great. So that's how that's I can get
1: four deep. monitors running at once on my iMac. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah um and then but then on the thunderbolt four each uh port guarantees two four k displays so that's it's twice as the guarantee is twice as much i think I think because apple Apple always kind of even though they were only called from thunderbolt three Apple always was at the high standard of thunderbolt three mm-hmm. and that's why I could plug that cable in that splits the splits the uh thunderbolt or splits the Takes the Thunderbolt and turns it into two actual monitors because it was always the 40 gigabits a second right. type of type of output. It's, good. it's kind of weird, but all these different displays have different data rates. Yeah. For example, HDMI 2.0 has I think an 18 gigabit per second data rate or something like that. So that's how you can get two two uh, ports out of one port. Huh. So like 18 times two is 36, yep. and so that's how you can get that out of yep. it. Anyway. A lot of detail, but and it's still kind of confusing. Probably even after I explained it badly,
0: but (laughs) (laughs) it's well maybe even more confusing. (laughs) Well, you you know what it is. I I I think that the big takeaway is that with you know so many of us uh, creators and folks who just wanted updated computers is that you know now we have this great ability to take advantage of some of the speed uh, ports that. The Mac studio you know has I mean you know remember I'm working from uh uh from a Macbook pro that just had four you know thunderbolt uh I don't even know what ports they were in two thousand and fifteen they might have been just thunder Thunderbolt two or or are they
1: the 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 slim ones
0: yeah, it's the slim one, yeah, yeah, those are three no? yeah so okay so so three. But you know, I didn't really have or need a, a peripheral for that, uh, except for like you know some external hard drives and stuff like that. Yeah. But now with the desktop of of a Mac Studio, now we can really take advantage of stuff now, right? I mean, from oh yeah, from uh, you know, and and we were talking in our uh, in our pre-record uh, a meeting, uh, Keith and I were about these great. Um, s s d enclosures, oh yeah and yeah, how excited I am to possibly uh think about moving into that that space I know keith, you've got a at least a couple of those uh hanging around on your desk right now
1: right yeah there's um there's a proliferation of these they're called n v m e drives correct, and they're they look kind of like ram chips, they're kind of long and slender yep. they're like an inch wide and three inches long or something. Yep. And they're really small and they're actually SSDs. They've got they've got the S the whatever type of chips are used for SSDs and they've got a controller on them, I believe. So um and and nowadays they're getting super fast.
0: Which is amazing. A- a- yeah. and, and the size of these things is incredible too, because like you know, you're you're absolutely right. I was looking at these, I said, Well, isn't this RAM? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and these look like RAM sticks that I used to put in the iMac. Yeah, and uh, but no, the, these are actual like you know what, five hundred uh, 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 gigs up to four terabytes, maybe even more. Yeah, uh, that are up there, and you know, of course, depending on what you buy, super fast. Yeah, incredible.
1: They're 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 way faster than those typical three and a half inch. Uh, SSDs of of old the old days, yep. <laughs> like two years ago. Yeah. there. <laughs> um, like I'll just give you an example. I have a, I have an OWC enclosure that has space for two, uh, three and a half inch drives. I think it's three. No, two. Sorry, I was, bef- scratch what I said about three and a half inch. Two and a half inch drives. That's not, inch that drives sounds. That sounds. That sounds
0: more appropriate. The two and a yeah. half drives were very popular for a long yeah. time. So
1: I, I wanted to have like the most souped up fast drive I could. So I got this enclosure that I had put two um, one terabyte SSDs in and at the time were very fast. Yep. And this is probably like four years ago. Yep. And so, and then I rated them. So I have a, you know, fairly fast thing. It's probably, it probably runs at like maybe two, two gig, maybe like a, a thousand to a 2000 megabytes per second. So one, you know, one to two gigs per second. Not bad. I mean, probably like not bad. Yeah, not bad. But but now you can get one of these chips to go that fast. Right. With a stupid. I mean, it's basically the size of a stick of gum. Yeah. And and and
0: it's also not really that expensive for what you're getting. I mean, if you keep it, if you keep it to a terabyte or lower, it 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 seems much more reasonable, right? But when you yeah. but when you get into that that two terabyte up. It, it, then it really starts to get a little bit more expensive uh for your everyday consumer like myself uh but i would cert sur- but you know but when you think about how much apple was going to charge you and me for greater hard drive space right when when when, when you get up into the 4 terabyte 8 terabyte what, what was that cost us like an extra 2500 uh, bucks yeah it's really expensive it, it still is it's super expensive yeah and yes the 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 sticks that you and I are talking about are very expensive too, but it ain't twenty five hundred dollars worth either. That that no. Apple wants to charge, and no. and these could be maybe not quite as fast, but pretty darn quick too. Pretty darn
1: quick. It's probably so quick you might not even notice it. Right. I think it just depends on what you're doing yep. and how much speed. Like like I'm just I'm just going to go in the Apple store, and I'm just going to like check out our amazing computers that we're about to get or
0: right that we'll get uh when we celebrate our one hundredth episode of tech move, which will be in the year twenty twenty five so that will be yeah
1: <laughs> or or maybe later right because that's like that's like fifty episodes, right. so I don't know if we can get there that's right that's right, that's right. you're you're
0: being pretty ambitious I, I, hey i I have goals I've lofty goals in my life, lofty goals, yes,
1: so Okay, so it looks like if you go from one terabyte on this Apple Studio, yep. if you go from one terabyte to two terabytes, that's an extra $400. No, so they're basically not charging... That's f- right? now. that's no, not no. horrible. No, and then when you go to four, it's an extra $1,000. That's horrible. So, <laughs> well, it's, it is, because it's actually more... I guess it's... No, not really, because they're basically charging you $400 per terabyte. But then if you go to four terabytes, then they're only charging you... Um, like 250 per terabyte. So it actually is getting
0: a better deal. Now, I don't know if you can confirm or deny this, but I believe that a lot of people who were getting the, the four terabytes or up were getting some of those SSDs, like what we're talking about, that you could buy from companies like Sabrin. Was it Sabrind? Is that is that the yeah. name? uh where where they where they're really fast they're really fast yeah. SSDs whereas the ones that are sub 4 terabytes I think are they're not slow but they're also not like they're not like the the new rocket style SSDs that's a good theory but no, not true. Oh, really interesting. Okay, good. So I should be very happy with my <laughs> yeah, yeah. with my upgrade of a terabyte. Then I should be happy with that. No, you shouldn't be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. What's really happening is that in the past, I think maybe the chips that were soldered onto like the old MacBook Pros and those, mm. I believe that were the, that was the Sabrent style of RAM, or not RAM, but SSD type uh, memory mm-hmm. that was that was put on that style of speed that's why they were so fast. Um maybe soldering them on made the connections even faster. I'm not sure, or just made them un- unupgradable cuz Apple likes to do that. Yes. But um but in this case of the Mac Studio, your Mac Studio as well as um the the Ultra. Yes. They're actually not the same. They're not they're not um fully self-contained drives. They're actually uh just kind of the memory part of the drive. Um, because they actually did some tear downs of the Ultra Studios, and they went in there, and they're actually so- in so- in uh, sockets. I, or in, I
0: saw that, and I was yeah. And we we were all terribly excited for like yes. ten minutes, and then after yes. that, we we realized this is not going to work.
1: No, and and like we were going, yeah, I can get my own you know NVM drives right. and plug them in, and it'll be awesome, and I can save five thousand right. dollars or whatever but it's not it's not the case there there are these special chips i think probably just manufactured for apple that is just the ram right uh or whatever i actually don't even know what you know electronic part it is um it's some type of ram obviously um but uh that's it's just a proprietary thing and even when some of the some of these people the teardown people like max yuryev and other people yeah. tried to even take ram from one mac studio and put it into another one right and it didn't it work it didn't work it's I like know. they're signaturized or serialized or w- something which
0: was awful right <laughs> which was which was awful i mean they 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 took one from uh for me ex- from another build that was exact uh i think essentially a, the the exact same build and just swapped them from from machine yeah. a to machine b and vice versa and it just didn't yeah. work
1: yeah and it might have been. It might not have been Max. It might have been uh, it might Luke. Have been,
0: it might have been Luke. Luke. Yes, like
1: Luke that. likes to do a lot of stuff, and he was like, he was complaining about how M- Luke Miami. Yeah. Um. Who's, who's actually a really great uh, Mac guy on YouTube. I, I really and, like his experiments. Thank you, Luke. Oh uh, yeah. yeah it, he's just like he's just fearless. Yeah. He'll just tear everything apart. Better
0: his money than mine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. great.
1: Um. But anyway, so. Yeah. So I, I think because of this proprietary nature of it it's probably faster than the subrent drives mm. but um
0: but who cares yeah you know at, th- at that speed who who's going to notice right yeah. yeah i i think
1: at some point it's just doesn't matter doesn't matter how fast it yeah. is unfortunately uh i should have done that before i ordered the 4 terabyte extra $1000 option <laughs> should have just Watched a few more videos.
0: <laughs> well, actually there was something that I was gonna talk to you about later on, but I, I it, it seems like that that I don't think that part is really the one that I'd uh cry myself uh to sleep with but i think it's really more the the ram thing cuz didn't you upgrade to like 128 right and you're you're crying yourself to sleep Right? i mean is, 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 isn't that true though That that the the basically the 128 yeah. and that is is that um will that be worth it no no <laughs> <laughs> no it'll
1: be just just be sitting there it's like little Small, ineffective paperweights at, inside your computer. At least yours
0: will be nice and cool. You'll probably be able to cool your drink with it because it won't be hot at all. It'll be so nice because there's so much no. headroom. Probably
1: it's possible that software could be optimized to the point where that extra RAM is utilized. Yes. Effectively, and it might make a difference. Yeah. But I, And maybe if I'm running all these apps at once and you know doing a crazy amount, maybe it'll be utilized. Maybe. Yeah. I mean... I don't think I've ever really seen anybody run Premiere Pro with the 128 gig version and see if it makes a difference. Mm, okay. You know, right. like, because cause Premiere Pro is like a memory hog. Yes. And, and and After Effects and all, it's all memory hogs. Like, it'll just eat up all your memory if you let it. Right. If you don't, because there's a, there's a way you can set up the preferences where you can tell it how much memory to use. Right. But if you give it no limits, it'll just eat it all up. I don't know what it's putting in there. Wow. You know, it's just saying I'm just going to gobble it all up. Right. I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to use it. I'm just going to make your Mac unusable for anything else. <laughs> I don't know what their theory is, but um, <laughs> so it's possible that it, maybe it makes it slightly faster. But all the experts that are out there that are doing the recommendations and stuff are continually telling me that I'm an idiot right. for for spending an extra right. like two thousand right. dollars on my computer. Exactly. I didn't have to exactly. Just get the base model; you'll never notice the difference. Right. That's what they're
0: all saying. I mean, pretty much they're now saying, "Hey, get the i5 uh, Intel Mac right now." It's really just as good. That's what they're saying nowadays. No, they're pretty much all
1: saying, "Get the one that you ordered." That's what they're saying. Yeah, which so you made the right yeah. choice. So you were very wise. Well,
0: I I mean, for me, it's even going to be overkill, but it's it's going. But I deserve it because I've been working with, you know, hamsters on the exercise wheel. <laughs> It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be great. I'm yeah. looking so forward yeah. to it that I it, that you know now the next challenge is like what software to load it up with. I'm re- I mean forget about the video editing stuff. It's just like the everyday stuff that I'm trying to figure out. Hey, what am I going to replace this with? You know, what am I what am I going to do? I I mean all the old software that you used to, right? Use. And and pirated yeah. software, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, my oh, yeah. my gracious. I mean, like you know, now there's so much new stuff that will be optimized for this machine that uh, I'm gonna have to find out a, a a new workflow, which is incredible. But
1: yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's more of like a system level of compatibility. But I think if it is compatible, like if it does still run, it probably should run a lot faster, even with emulation. Yeah, because there's because all the old apps. A lot of the old apps will run it, or I guess, Rosetta Two. Yeah, they called it. Right, and and that's just emulating an Intel CPU on the M1, and it seems to work really well. Yeah, and and relatively fast too, right? I yeah. mean it's supposed to be yeah. really great. So yeah, well, uh, so yeah. with your speed and your dual processors and and all that, I think it I think it's probably going to be a good experience as long as it's compatible with Monterey, because a lot of stuff isn't
0: now right you know and and you see and and with that i mean here hang on let me let me click a couple but i'm right now only used to running high sierra oh yeah that's so that's super old so like i'm not even gonna know what to do with myself when when i when i have monterey on there so
1: yeah well first of all you'll be totally disoriented i will be the colors will Freak you out, and,
0: and and my
1: make you want to vomit, and, and the in
0: the Mac <laughs> Studio display will be so bright versus my fading IMAX screen right now <laughs> that I'll I'll have to wear sunglasses. You all oh, oh, shape. Yes. yes. Will. And and what's great is that I won't be able to control the brightness because the display doesn't allow you to do that. So that'll be great. There's there's no there's buttons. There's no buttons anywhere. They don't they don't want me to have yeah. buttons. They want me to just be impacted like it was a nuclear blast in front of me. So
1: <laughs> that's one thing that's kind of annoying about Apple stuff like this display, et cetera. Cause you know, in my My LG display, there's like 15 different ways to input signals into it. And I can select between them by just clicking a button. Which is great. Yeah. And uh, that's all gone with the studio display. It's just a Thunderbolt cable, and that's it. Yeah. And then everything's software. Right. And then do you think you could plug a PC into it? Maybe. But... You know, it's kind of like a crapshoot. Like, will it actually work, and what will happen when you do it? They
0: say that it will work, and it has worked, and even and even to the point of being able to use the webcam and the speakers. Okay, well, you've done your research. So, so in that way, uh, uh, plugging in a PC will work. Okay. Uh, Well, that's good. So, you know, but you know, who knows? Well, who knows? Well,
1: yeah the the whole. Yeah, I'm still having issues because I'm okay. So I bought. I think I told you I bought this this cheapo Mac Mini.
0: Yeah, which is great. Uh, M1, which M1. is yeah, awesome, and it's
1: like year and a half old, uh, refurbished. Got it for like 550 bucks on Amazon. Changed your plus,
0: life though, plus, didn't plus, it? Plus, didn't it change your life? Well, it's
1: it, yeah. It it kind of well. First of all, it's like four times as fast as my. <laughs> I love hearing very expensive. It. I love Pro. hearing
0: that. Yeah, that that brings me great joy.
1: Yeah, so basically, it's four times as fast and one tenth. Or more the cost, so it's basically forty times the value of my of my iMac Pro,
0: <laughs> which makes you so happy. And, and and you know what's so great? And we have to thank your old Mac Pro because that gave us years of material on this po- very own podcast. So
1: oh well, the other day I actually had to fire up my old old uh, Mac Pro. Yes, it's it's still near my desk waiting to be activated. <laughs> um at any time did you have to
0: did, did did you have to put jumper cables from the garage <laughs> to to start her, to fire her up again jumper cables right.
1: and i had to like pull the you know the motor right, exactly. turn over the motor right, exactly <laughs> <laughs> vroom,
0: make sure you vroom, turn off the air vroom. conditioning before you start it <laughs> <laughs> that's great
1: no it actually it's amazing it's running i don't remember which version it's running it's probably High sierra yeah uh like yours yep. but um <laughs> yeah and it just it just Started right up, no coughing, no nothing. <laughs> nothing. It was no perfect, smoke, no nothing, no smoke. Right. It just like came up, it displayed itself. It was just nice. like as it was time machine, just it just went back in time and brought me back to a, a bygone era, yeah. uh, five years ago when I was just trying to soup this Mac up to be as fast as it could possibly be, right? And, um, and actually, you know, honestly, the iMac Pro wasn't that much faster than the, the, the Mac Pro, but, um. Yeah, I think I had to run... You know what I had to run? I had to run Final Cut. You did? Really? Yeah. I had to go... Because I was doing this sequence where I was I needed to use some old Final Cut. Um, I had to figure out what I was going to use from some old Final Cut footage. Because hmm. I was going back in time, like, 10 years or more. And I couldn't run Final Cut on my, on my iMac. Why not? I couldn't run on anything. Why not? Why couldn't you run Final Cut? Because it's not... Um, it wasn't... For whatever reason, it wasn't compatible with my operating
0: system. Interesting. Yeah, weird. it just wouldn't run. Okay.
1: and I and I even ran this emulator kind of stuff that fools it, fools your OS into thinking it's okay, right. and it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't start up. It would just fail. So then I broke out the old 2012 Mac Pro. Nice, and it ran perfectly. Brought up all the stuff, connected to all my dr- old drives. Uh, actually, the new drives that I'm still using connected fine. It just, you know, all I had to do was. Um, plug them in and they work perfectly and it, it worked really well. So,
0: so what do you think is going to happen when you finally do get the Mac studio ultra? Uh, are you going to be able to kind of like use that old material in the ultra? Or are you still going to run into the same problem where you just can't run it Cause it's too old. I, I'm going to always have to have an old computer. You will really, it, I th- think so. there's no conversion process one can make. There's no, uh, there is there's you can turn you can take the
1: final cut files and turn them into xml you have to do it on your on the computer that can run final cut pro 7 Mm -hmm. and then you can export them as final cut pro xml and then premiere pro can import those and other apps even uh, the new version of final cut can import those would
0: that ever be worth it to you to do that or is it just too much material and it would take too much time uh
1: i don't know i think it's just i think that my my mac pro is probably worth like five bucks <laughs> and it's it's nice it's not taking up much space it's just down there taking about two square feet of space right. which I'm, i haven't don't even know it's down there so i think i'm just going to keep it right right. and, and, <laughs> just, and just, for, just in in for
0: such a situation like this just fire it up and then just
1: yeah just get into it i think so mm-hmm. and then it makes good fodder for our tech yeah it does no it's podcast. good
0: it's really good yeah.
1: I actually still have a Mac OS 9 computer in the garage.
0: Oh, that's excellent.
1: Yeah, that you know has a floppy disk drive in Ooh, it. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, it's like
1: every, Apple IIe yeah.
0: almost, huh? Almost. <laughs> kind of, not quite that yeah, old, but it's still a Mac. Close. But it's like
1: over 20 years old. Like oh, that's awesome. Maybe 22 or 3 years old, and um, I think. Hmm. What year is it? No, it's probably older than that. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's probably like 25 years old. But anyway, um, yeah, I I actually haven't fired it up for years, but last time I did, it worked okay. You know, that's
0: where the really old stuff. <laughs> well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, this has been the antique roadshow here. And we uh, <laughs> it's great to to go down uh, memory lane, especially through all this kind of junk that just uh, y- it really does go to show that you do have to kind of keep. Some of the stuff that you kind of wanted to throw away or, you know, you, you buy these replacement items thinking you're going to throw something away, but then you just never know if you're going to need it. Like, I, you know, I've got all these zip drives sitting around. Oh, no, right? still? I still have, the, I, have yeah. st- I still have these things because, you know, I, I don't even know if I have anywhere that I could plug it into that could read it. You know, I have the drive, but I don't think I have anywhere that has a serial port on it that could. that i could plug it into so i don't know it's 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 all a waste but um anyway all these things it's it's uh that's the new meaning of hoarding ladies and gentlemen it's hoarding it's It's like high-tech hoarding it's high-tech hoarding everywhere (laughs) all right keith thank you very much thunderbolt 3 thunderbolt 4 what good is it uh (laughs) that is our segment here on tech move let's take a quick minute and uh we're going to talk about some other exciting things okay keith we'll be right back this is tech move Welcome back to Tech Move, everybody. And uh, you know what, we want to talk about right now is something that hasn't happened in quite a long time. And that is the NAB show that's going to be happening for 2022. It's happening April 23rd through the 27th in Las Vegas uh, at the Las Vegas Convention Center. And our very own man on the street, Keith Moreau, is going to be attending on behalf of Tech Move. Mm-hmm. And Keith, uh, I understand though that uh, schedules do not permit you to attend the entire show, but you will be there for a uh, a, a portion of it. Can yeah. you elaborate a little bit, please? Yeah,
1: I'll be there the last two days when everybody's burned out and doesn't want to talk. And <laughs> is basically just packing up in front of you. Good. Uh, and at, ignoring you.
0: At, at least maybe you can get like the leftover <laughs> small T-shirts that will be available still for giveaways. But
1: if there's any swag left, it will be the lousy stuff. It'll so. be
0: all the lousy <laughs> stuff, right? They'll just That's let okay. you. They'll, they'll just let you uh, help fold up the tents and stuff like that. <laughs> Yes, That's don't great.
1: bother me. We have got to get out of here. Well, Keith,
0: <laughs> the, the it, it, was it true or not? Will this be the? Isn't this the first NAB show in like at least a year? Right, at least oh, a year.
1: It's been it's been a, it's like been three years because didn't didn't th- w-
0: didn't you just do one in twenty twenty or was it twenty nineteen?
1: It was actually twenty nineteen was the last one. So April of twenty nineteen was the last NAB show. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It has been that long since yeah. NAB. My gracious. Yeah. So the first one came the first one was scheduled for April twenty twenty, which is just basically when everybody went, Okay, we gotta shut down. We got COVID's here. Let's we don't know what this is. Everything needs to shut down. And so it was scheduled right in April, you know, like the height of yep. the uncertainty.
0: Yep. Uh-huh. And
1: so, yeah, and I was really annoyed because I had all these plane tickets and, you know, hotels and everything scheduled and booked and paid for and stuff. And had to get, I guess I wound up getting refunds or worthless credits from, from things. So, and then it was just disappointing. And then, and yeah. then it was scheduled for the kind of towards the end of 2021, because the middle of 2021 was still kind of iffy. Like people didn't know, not everybody got vac- vaccinated yet. It was still kind of, the vaccine was still kind of new. Right. And then um and then at the last minute, this was specifically for September of twenty twenty one. They said, eh, this is when it started getting bad again. And they just said, No, nope, we're canceling it. So two have been canceled.
0: That is wow, that is a lot. That, yeah. And uh and that's why we've been getting, I guess, like, you know, just general releases from manufacturers, just, you know, whenever yeah. they announce it and stuff like that no yeah. no real big crescendo and I have to be honest with you for for what little I've heard about NAB I'm not even sure there's going to be much anticipated here on this particular uh April show
1: yeah I was actually searching for you know NAB previews for the kind of stuff that we that we do yep and and I wasn't it's it's weird cuz there's usually like 20 different sites that are saying this is going to this camera is going to come out this software and this gadget or whatever nothing. There's like maybe one site that's talking about maybe some black magic stuff cuz they they have a, they usually have a huge booth. Yeah. You know, they just make it a big event and they usually come out with something new. So maybe maybe some new, you know, the pocket cinema, you know, pro ultra <laughs> <laughs> right right. they already came out with several cameras in the during covid so actually you know covid has been kind of an amazing time for camera technology just in general you know since that's kind of what our show is about
0: like well you know what if i can interject the yeah. one thing that we haven't talked about which i'm uh, we will talk about in maybe not this episode but the Maybe the next episode or, or whatever is uh, my excitement for the Panasonic GH6 that uh, came out recently. Yeah. Very exciting camera. Yeah. uh, You know, of course, we haven't even talked about the DJI Ronin that's out there, which is kind of a fun little, well, fun, huge thing that's <laughs> out there. Uh, and, and various other uh, uh, items that have well, come out. Yeah, like for example, Canon and
1: Sony are just battling over what's the best hybrid camera that yep. can be produced. Right. They're they produced a bunch of groundbreaking cameras. I actually got in the interim. I got an A seven S three.
0: Oh, okay, you know? great.
1: So, um, it's awesome. Um, it's pretty much the camera. Like it's the ultimate. Is that right? Really? Cam- yeah. Yeah. It's it's the ultimate hybrid camera. There's only the only thing it doesn't have is built in NDs. But other than that, it's got 10 bit, really good color. Really high fidelity resolution. You know, it's 4K, but it's a very sharp 4K, much sharper than the canons I have, and um, and it's really small. You know, it's just a teeny little SLR, but just produces amazing images. And there's a bunch of lenses out for it now, and I got a few lenses for it and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's kind of, and then just came out of maybe a couple months ago is the A7. You know, it's kind of like the slimmer, small not slimmer, but just cheaper version of the A7 yep. series. Yep. But it's also really excellent video camera. And also pretty good stills camera. It's got thirty three megapixel resolution. You know, so those two things came out uh, recently. Canon is just their R five series. They have an R five cinema camera now which looks pretty awesome, although I don't think it's quite as good as the Sony's. The the, um,
0: R, the the R series did make a big splash, that initial R. Was that the R5 or something just, like that? Just the
1: R and then the initial R5, which was an 8K camera. Right. But kind of an 8K, but not that practical for various reasons. Okay. Um, although maybe now because of better processing power like with the Mac students. It was it just had a really difficult codec to deal with and apparently yes. it, right. it also had a 30-minute limitation which is kind of annoying if you're doing long interviews with it. I mean, for me, the reason to do 8K is to be able to crop in. Right. So you, you do an 8K like a long interview and then you can just use one camera. Yep. And then you can crop into their face or their eyeball or whatever and it's still sharp. Yep. Um, the fact that it's 30 minutes is kind of annoying. Yep. Whereas on the Sony, Sony came out with a kind of similar camera called the Alpha 1 I believe. Um and that one is also AK but actually better I think than the Canon has more features. The thing about the Canon r uh S, R5 C, that's their cinema camera which is really cool. It doesn't have built-in um body lens uh, body stabilization. So the Which is the odd
0: cin- right in this day and age because yeah. it, it uh ibis seems to be just everywhere.
1: Right, IBIS is everywhere and in fact it's in their R5. So I they have IBIS for their R5. But for the R5C which is the cinema camera they took it out, which is in my opinion boneheaded. Yeah. Because yeah. that means that you know, now you have to just use their digital stabilization which isn't as good and it's not just not as good. So it's like it's almost like they have this rule no cinema cameras can have IBIS. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. stupid. Because yeah. IBIS is really valuable. It can it can really make your shot steadier. It can um, take a take a prime lens that's not stabilized. You know, it doesn't have the optical stabilization and turn it into a, like a stabilized lens with no, no work. Um, so I'm not quite sure the logic behind it. So, but anyway, that's my beef against Canon for the, what they did with the R5. Correct me um, if
0: I'm wrong. Does not the GH5S also not have IBIS? That's true. It does not. So, so which, which when it was announced, I thought that that was crazy too, right? How it's, it's actually more prevalent that it not have in body stabilization, uh, like what you're, you've just mentioned and the GH5S, uh, it's just crazy. I mean like, you yeah. know, and then so many people just like say, "Oh, well, it's going to be on a tripod. Nobody needs it. Nobody needs yeah. it." Yeah. Or
1: I think one of the issues is, is that sometimes ibis can produce weird motion artifacts when you're moving around
0: a lot. Right, low moiré type of stuff. Um, I'm not or, sure about uh, moiré. No, just no, just the um I forgot Wait, what what do you call that? Not the moiré, but the um I nah, Rolling it.
1: rolling shutter. Yeah, something. there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of like that, but yeah. not it, it's it's somehow and I actually don't know that much about it because I personally haven't cared about it. Yeah. But because I've used all my Ibis-based like Sony's and stuff, and they've been awesome. Yeah. I've never really said, "Oh, this is, looks weird. This is this is bad," or like the GH5, "This is bad." I've never noticed that. that. Yeah. So I, for them to want to remove it, I think they think it somehow makes it less professional. Like same like with the GH5s, it might have been because the sensor couldn't accept it because mm-hmm. it's a different sensor. Right. Um. Maybe it has something to do with the sensors, but. Who knows, but you know Sony was able to do it. They put it in both their flagship hybrid cameras, which I think are just as good as cinema cameras. Yeah. So uh, that's my one beef, and it, maybe if I get to talk to the Canon folks, I'm going to ask them, and still so we'll get the chance to get the get the horse's mouth. Yeah.
0: No, know? that'd be great. Uh, yeah. Well, that uh, so so going back to uh, the NAB. Yeah. Uh, I trust that tech move will have a presence there as, as far as speaking to some of our uh, old friends. Uh, if they are vendors there at the show that you'll be able to, uh, get some updates from, uh, some of our old guests that have been on the show before.
1: Yeah. I'll try to, I'll try to find them, seek them out. Yeah. That'd be great.
0: If they haven't already gone home already by the time you get there.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely like if Ted Sim is there, he's the aperture guy, I'm going to go to him. And if, uh, bob from hoodman <laughs> yeah i'll try to find him right um and some of the others um some of the panasonic i think maybe i'll try to get something on the panasonic gh6
0: that
1: would so be great a newish camera yeah, yeah they'll
0: probably have it oh i i yeah. i'd be surprised if they weren't there uh, i'm not to talk i'm not
1: about yeah i'm not overly excited
0: about it about the show itself or no the, about the that, that
1: particular camera oh
0: really you're not yeah. particularly excited about the six huh i'm not sure really I'm not sure
1: yeah I mean, I, I was kind of looking at all my Panasonic's because I've got like four of the Micro Four Thirds Panasonic. So I got the GH one, <laughs> right, right, like you do, and yeah. I think you still have it, right? And then I, I've I do, the, yeah, yeah, and then I've got the GH four, like you do, Yep. and then I've got the GH five and the GH 5s So I've got four, right? And plus I've got a whole, I've got like two or three um, Blackmagic Micro Four Thirds, yeah. But there's something I don't. Know, I think because they just they didn't get the autofocus down. Yep, that 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 yep. kind of just pissed me off.
0: Yeah, no, hey, so. that, that, you're, you're 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 not the only one, right? There's a lot of people where they're just saying that, and, and you know, the GH6 has not done anything different with their autofocus either. Yeah, and I think that that's that that that's the thing that uh, that kind of makes it not quite as exciting. How, however, I think that the the enlarged body a lot of people are liking that I think the the inclusion of uh, of, of a fast card I think uh, they uh, or port shall we say is uh is uh folks are excited about that uh-huh. but you know yeah well
1: I'll just say that I'm I'm still glad that I have these because the other day I was doing this shoot um, nature type of shoot and yeah. I had and and the thing about the micro four thirds is that if you put a, it basically is like having automatically having a long lens. Yes. And so, right. because it's a smaller sensor. So Correct. I had yeah, a super. crops in and stuff. Yeah. So I had a 100 to 400 zoom lens on this GH5. Ooh. So yeah. And I was, I had it strapped to my chest. So I had it just like resting on my chest in case I needed it. But I was How did shooting, you
0: have that adapted to the micro four thirds? It's not a micro four thirds. No, it it's is. A lens.
1: It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, Lumix, yeah, it's 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 actually no, it's not Lumix, it's some other big brand. I can't remember. Is it like
0: Olympus or I don't think Olympus makes a uh, lens like that. Okay, I'm gonna go and get it. Hold on. Yeah, go get it because this would be very interesting to to hear about this extreme zoom lens that is a Micro Four Thirds.
1: was i thinking it's a lumix lens it is yeah it's a lumix like a lens okay yeah so it's 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 a really long lens kind of expensive 100 to 400 millimeters you know it's pretty hefty but for that range yeah it's not it's pretty compact it's all metal very nice lens stabilized a bit and um and then i had that so that i could do some really good telephoto stuff if i wanted to but if i had a the equivalent full frame camera the lens would have been like down to my knees Right. <laughs> and I would have just been tripping over it. Right. And, you know, using it as a sled, like
0: right. grasping
1: a big missile or something, <laughs> walking around with that. Right. So that was really cool. And then I had my regular Sony full frame A7S, you know, was holding that most of the time, capturing the the, the nearby action. Right. So that was a nice combo to be it, able to do that. It did
0: work out well, huh?
1: Yeah. It worked out well. And, and you said it was, said it was GH5 you were using? GH5, yeah. Just yeah. the one with the stabilization. Because when you're using the long lenses and just handheld. Oh, you need that. You yeah. need that. And yeah. did it work well? It, it did yeah. work well? Yeah, it worked with okay. the,
0: Even with that long uh, telephoto lens, the the IBIS worked well? It worked, yeah. It, it was very
1: steady. Like, it's, it's amazing because it's the equivalent of, like, an 800 millimeter lens. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was very stable. You know, you, you couldn't move around too much. You had to really just be very still, but or else, you know, cause it's so telephoto. So when but, yeah. you use
0: it, when you use that, do you still have to process the, the footage, like using some sort of stabilization filter on it or anything or no? Uh, it just depends. It depends, it depends on how yeah. bad it is.
1: Yeah. It depends on if it really needs it. Mm. Um, and you know how steady it is, I, you know, occasionally. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of pretty stable as well. It's not really jerky because you got these two, you got the in-body stabilization and the lens stabilization kind of working together. So it's actually quite stable but then it kind of jerks. So if you if you hold it within a certain range, it's almost like having warp stabilizer engaged. Yes. And then if but if you move a, a more than a certain amount, then it kind of like quickly moves over to the next spot. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like almost like it's on a on a a detent like it's here and then it's quickly over here. Yeah. And then it's quickly over here. It doesn't sm- necessarily smoothly move uh, as you're panning. Right. So, um, but, you know, very useful for that. But I was really glad I had the GH5 for that, oh, for that particular thing. because So it has uses. Right. Mostly in the telephoto area, I think. Um, the fact that they're making the GH6 even bigger, and so I'm not sure, you know. If that's think worth it's, it for you. I think it's, in my opinion, it's fine. The GH5 size is fine.
0: Yeah. It's perfect. It doesn't have to be any bigger. Right. Like, a- why would a- you make a and if it's still working why not right it's yeah. it's kind of like for me like you know i and i don't know if you look or not but the gh4 is still there's so still so many youtube videos being produced on whether or not the gh4 is still useful in 2022 yeah. which is kind of amazing to me because you know it's such an old camera now and it's still being talked about i'm very excited about it
1: yeah no, so it's no I, it's it's pretty cool well i'll definitely try to get the get there at that booth because yeah. that's always then it's always a crazy booth they have to redesign their booth it's too crowded
0: well but that's, that's a good thing eh? they they, they must they they must have a lot of interest there so no they do the they
1: usually they usually have a lot of interest yeah. Fantastic. so yeah so we'll probably visit some of the normal folks and and then i might even visit so in the in the covid years <laughs> i've been uh talking to you about the solar project and but i'm but I'm doing this. I did this whole solar project for my house, and I filmed a lot of it. And yep. so I got into all these action cameras, Yep. because it was too much of a pain to you know carry a DSLR or something <laughs> right. on the roof and potentially drop it. Because I dropped a lot of stuff. Right. I think I sent you some footage of that.
0: Oh, I have, I have those.
1: I have, I have
0: those with the uh, four by eight planks <laughs> yeah. flying in the wind. I, yes. I loved it. Yes. Lots well, of disasters. Yeah, but I was, was ma-
1: yeah. My goal is to make this film. But anyway, I got into all the potential action, small cameras, because it was just, the technology was getting better, the image quality was not getting better, they weren't so cheap looking. Yes. So, and I know you got one, I got a GH, I mean, got a GoPro. Yep. Um, first I got, the, I was using the GoPro 9, yep. which is great, and then I got the GoPro 10 like you got. Yes. So I always had that on my head. Yep. And then I even got the, um, the big wide angle... Max lens. The thing. Max lens. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes. then I. And then one, during one shoot, I was actually looking up at my drone while I had the Max on, and my, and it flipped over backwards over my head. And it was just, it's kind of big and heavy, so the whole thing flipped over my back, and then just landed right on the lens. So, <laughs> Great. Good. Yeah. Good. No good. lens protectors. <laughs> so that's all scratched up now. That's good. But um, but mm. I was using, yeah, I was using that a lot. I used um, and I used actually a lot of the Insta 360. Cameras. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, right, right, right. So there's like three different ones they have now. There's the Insta 360 uh, R, 360 R, um, and it's actually that's the one-inch camera, and the image quality is actually really good. Um, so it's uh, and it's got this kind of modular design where you can unplug the lens from the electronics
0: part. I I totally thought about getting that because I thought it was yeah. so neat these these little squares and it's almost like a Rubik's cube. Yeah, and you and you just you just plug them all together and all this kind of stuff. I I I really like that idea. I thought it was really cute.
1: Yeah, it's really cute, and the image quality is really excellent on yes. that camera for a small yes. camera because yes. it's it's like way better than a GoPro, um, especially in lower light. Um, oh, but nice. it's just yeah, but it's just a fixed focus lens. Like it doesn't even focus, and and you can't even focus closer than like a couple feet. Oh, Okay, so you can't really use it for close-ups or for that particular mod. There's other, there's the action cam part of it, too, which I also have, but I never use because I'd rather use a GoPro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a 360 mod you can also add to that, which I also have. So basically, that was my first 360 camera. At first, I thought it was just like a fad 360. Right, right. Uh, and then I started saying, well, this is actually really useful for like behind-the-scenes stuff uh-huh. because you sure. just plant the camera wherever, and right. it just captures everything.
0: Yeah, that's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to mess with it. You don't have to keep moving it around or have somebody carry it around for you. You just put it somewhere. Yeah. Um. And so then after that, um, I got the Insta 360 uh, X2, and that's the one that's the full 360 camera that you usually see it on a pole. People are kind of gotcha holding it. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. and I saw one when I was in Dubai. I saw this was like a little bit before COVID. This guy was on this yacht that we had we were on, and he was just like sticking up the stupid uh insta three sixty X, you know, and getting in everybody's way. <laughs> so he could do this his own stupid 360. And I just and then mine was going, why is he just doing this? The footage is crap. You never it's never going to be usable. Right. And it's just awful and you're just getting in my way. Right. Um but but I researched it later and the X two came out which is way better quality. Uh-huh. And I got one. And yeah. it's actually really useful. And I, I'm gonna send you some stuff I did recently. Excellent. Trips. Yeah, okay. but it's 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 useful because you can just hold it anywhere and the pole becomes invisible. The thing
0: you're holding. I, you know? That's what I like about it. Yeah, I, I, you could you could be doing a selfie of yourself and it, it doesn't look like you're holding the pole, the selfie no. pole or anything. No. It just no. like it's like it green screens it out like yeah. through through some coolness.
1: Right. It just looks like you have something wrong with your hand and right. your <laughs> right. arm because it's yeah, always exactly. in this weird position. But Right. Right. Like what is what's wrong, What Does yes. he have some kind of like tendonitis <laughs> Should, or something? You have a Shouldn't he be carrying a walking
0: stick the <laughs> yes. way his,
1: his arm is? Yeah. <laughs> and then the giveaway is always like the shadow of the pole. You yes. Can see that? Exactly. But you can't see the pole. They didn't think that one out. Yeah. <laughs> You should be able to take the shadow out. that's fabulous yeah, but it's really cool for action the only and it's and it is pretty good for behind the scenes. The only thing that I've discovered is that it's it's not high enough resolution. it's five point seven k, but that's across both both 180 lenses Oh so, okay. yeah, so each lens is only like two point uh whatever eight k or whatever that is so or and and so by the time you crop it into kind of like a normal view. Yes. It's like worse than standard definition. Oh, god. So you. everything's okay. blocky and noisy. Right. And, and stuff. So, so it's it's kind of a nice idea. I think if it gets to be like 10K, right. then it's going to actually start becoming more and more usable. Ah, uh, gotcha. For, rea- for real stuff. Right. So right. right now it's just kind of more like a behind-the-scenes camera that can kind of capture what's going on. Sure. But unless you're doing like skiing or snowboarding or something where you, hold, you need to hold something and have the action go by, right. and you're going to be... Very very wide, the resolution's a little bit too low right now so but I'll, I'll send you some stuff to, as an example of that
0: so just on a quick note here yeah. uh, in your overall opinion, GoPro 10 or insta 360
1: GoPro 10 for uh, putting it on your head <laughs> oh okay and and being able to just get every, everything yeah and not worry about it so much uh, insta 360 for higher quality one inch sensor and mm-hmm. the 360 cameras. Okay, cool. Oh, Good to know. One more, one more extra camera I got, which has actually been really useful for kind of a behind-the-scenes stuff, is the the Go to the Insta360 Go to.
0: Oh, it's, yeah, I think I it, heard yeah. about that. Is is that the one that's more uh, oval-shaped? That yeah, you, it's like that a you little... Wear, you wear around like your neck like a pendant, right?
1: You can do that. That's one of the options. It's like a magnetic yeah. pendant. Yep. You can stick I it on. I saw that, too. Yep. Yeah, and then you can put it on a pole, or you can stick it on the wall or whatever. It's kind of limited because it only has built-in memory, you can't take out a card or anything. Um so you have to just record and that's it. You know, you have to then you have to download it. Right. Um and it's also the battery life isn't great cuz it's so small, I guess. Um but it has like a little kind of i like an iPods AirPods type charger yep. thing you can put into and yep. it charges up not too fast, but fast enough maybe to use it. Yeah. So that's been really good because I can go into situations where I don't have to say, I'm filming you. Right. I could just put it on my chest and then they think I have some heart disease and they won't make any it,
0: comments. It it and looks <laughs> as if you're about to scream, help, I've fallen and I can't get up.
1: Yes. That's his little safety monitor. That's How right. Cute.
0: That's very good. Uh-huh. No, I, like, I, I actually considered the Insta360 uh-huh. uh, line as well as the GoPro, but I just decided to go with GoPro only because it's so... You know, it's so well-saturated um, with accessories everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just that everyone has one. And, everyone uh, has
1: one, and the ish- image quality is getting better and better, and actually the audio quality is getting better and better.
0: And that's what I was going to mention, is that, yeah. like, uh, y- you know, I thought about, you know, getting that, uh, that media cage that uh, the oh, GoPro... Yeah. But uh-huh. but then when I actually heard the 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 mics off the camera I said, "Well, they sound pretty good right now and if all you're just doing is just talking to it, you know, maybe the the best invent I saw this one YouTube video where some dude all he did was investigate uh, in in invest in some dead cat stickers for the yeah. GoPro mic and it sounded awesome and I thought it was certainly more usable than than maybe the the media rig that that comes with it. I mean that's all fine and all, but it's just more crap that I it, have to pack. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: yeah. That's the thing about the GoPro is that you don't want to start sticking too much stuff on it, or it becomes yes. more like a, a digital SLR or right. something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, and that's that's it's it's just a fine line between adding glomming on stuff. Yep. And having simplicity. Yep. And honestly, audio is really good. Even somewhat far away, it's still okay. Yeah. So, cool. um, yeah, I was, I'm really happy with the GoPro stuff and, and, uh, if they come out with a new one, they, they came out with some kind of weird stick power stick thing. For yeah, I know what recently. ultra Could they call it ultra yeah. or something like that yeah. or
0: which I saw that. Eh. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I am i am i do not care. Yeah. But I don't care.
1: Anyway, I'll, I might, I'll, pro, so I'll probably, if I can, I'll probably go to the GoPro booth. That'd be
0: great. You know, do some skiing or something, and then (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great. Uh, Make sure you take some still shots of uh, of maybe the turntable with the new camera on top of it spinning (laughs) around. That will be the action that you'll have to capture. All right, maybe I'll maybe I'll use my Insta 360 to. Film that one. <laughs> I'm sure they won't <laughs> mind at all. That's great. All right. Well, that's the NAB show that again is happening April 23 through the 27th, uh, in Las Vegas. And our very own man on the street, Keith Moreau, will be out and about. So uh all the folks who have uh been on our show before, look out because Keith is coming. And uh, it ought to be very exciting. So, Keith, good luck on the show. Don't catch COVID, <laughs> and uh, bring us back some uh, great interviews, if possible. If there's nobody at the booths, just talk to like the concession person or something like that, and ask them like, "How's this different?" Uh, from, I will. from you know years past. So I
1: will talk to the concession people who
0: probably haven't been employed for like three years and are just wanting you to move <laughs> along to just <laughs> buy something and stop talking to them. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, uh hey, you know what? Actually, I I think we want to um conclude the show. Uh, yes. uh Keith, uh because uh we just wanted to get something out there right before NAB and yep. we just wanted to say hi to everybody again. Thank you very much ladies and gentlemen for uh being patient with us and listening to this uh little short uh edition of Tech Move, it's our kind of welcome back to uh, life again. So, we hope that again, everybody's well, everyone has stayed safe, and we thank you very much again for listening. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to us off of iTunes and anywhere else that you get these podcasts and stuff like that. Tell the friends, tell the family, tell them to tune in uh, because Tech Move is riding again, ladies and gentlemen. So, we are back in business. And wait till we talk to you next, because at least one of us might have the Max Studio in our hands, and we <laughs> won't tell you which one it is. So, um, Keith, thank you very much for uh, spending a little time with uh with me here. It's it's been great to been great. Uh, kick this thing off again. Yep, been great, Rod. So, really so, great to talk to you. So, uh, speaking about uh, old equipment, uh, I'll send you these reel to reel tapes uh, <laughs> through through the mail. Uh, so I'll look for them uh, very shortly. Huh? I will be looking for them. Folks, thank you very much again. Uh, we will talk to you soon. And thank you very much for listening to this edition of Tech Move. We'll see you on the next go around. Thank you very much. See you later.